Welcome, you're listening to a members-only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation, your trusted ministry partner for planned giving. And here's your host, Kurt Knoll, Director of Member Relations. In this session, Heather Day from Barnabas Foundation shares seven strategies for adapting your ministry's planned giving marketing efforts to a limited budget. I won't say that I set the schedule, but I won't say that I didn't. And so I'm going to take full advantage of having, <laughs> having uh, this last slot. But I wanted to, this morning I talked to you, I told you that I, I was talking about one of my favorite topics. Um, but this afternoon, I want to take uh, talk about something that gives me extraordinary joy in life, and that's finding a way to get something done that people have said there's no way to pull it off. So, um, and, that's, and that's what I think a lot of us have been tasked with in the area of plan giving marketing, um, how to adapt to a limited budget. And let's be real, we're always going to have a limited budget. Even if you were working with a huge corporation, um, you would still be talking about how there's not enough budget to do what you need to do. But in reality, those of us are in the nonprofit role, uh, roles, we probably have more, even more limitations. We know that we have more limitations, and so finding ways to work around that, creative ways to work around that, is the topic for this afternoon. So let's just start with this. Does it matter if you market plan gifts? Yes, in a presentation. <laughs> um, but you probably want some evidence about that. And so Kurt referenced this earlier. There was a really great, so I wasn't at CGP, but uh, um, Jim sent several presentations back. And I had an opportunity to review this study from the University of Missouri. It was fascinating. And I kept like going through and highlighting and going through and taking it to my marketing staff and just saying, look, what we do matters. What we do matters. There was just so much, uh, so much information in that. But it was a study that they did. Uh, they, uh, they published it in 2018, but it was a study that they conducted between the years of 2000 and 2017. And the basic question that they were trying to, um, to determine was they took a look at all of their planned gifts, and they were trying to decide what kind of impact marketing had on that. So they took a look at what gifts had been received, and they, they seg uh, segmented those out to these people actually received marketing related to those gifts, and, those and these people did not receive any marketing. Well, here's what they found. It's no surprise. Nearly all of the planned gifts that they, came from, um, that they received came from those who had received planned giving marketing from the Office of Planned Giving. But the, the, just the numbers were amazing. So when you look at charitable gift annuities, from those who had received no marketing, they received zero gifts in that, in that time period, zero gifts from those who had not heard about charitable gift annuities. From those who had received materials, they received 190 charitable gift annuity agreements. From those who had received no marketing materials, they, received, they actually received two charitable remainder trusts. Who, who knows how they knew about it? They might have found out about from their advisors, from another organization, but they did receive two. But from those they sent out marketing materials, they received 48 gifts from those who had received marketing, marketing materials from the Office of Planned Giving. And then there was the area of bequests. So people are starting to get a, more, a little bit more educated in that. So they actually received 60, uh, 60 gifts in a will from people that they had no way of knowing. They had not received any marketing directly from that organization. Now, again, they may have received marketing from other places. But to those that they had sent marketing materials, they received 798 gifts from those that had received marketing materials. They also, as Kurt mentioned earlier, the average, when they looked at all those planned gifts that they had received, from those that had received um, marketing, the average gift was four times larger than those who had not. 
So from those who, who had not received any planned giving marketing materials, maybe they had just stumbled on this whole idea of planned gifts, the average planned gift was just under $56,000, which is not bad. But if they received, uh, if they received marketing materials, that, jump, that number shot up to just under $226,000. Huge difference from those who had received marketing. They determined that for every $1 that they spent on planned giving marketing, they received $1,079 in planned gifts. So, does it matter if you market planned gifts? Yes. <laughs> and yet, we have what we were just, what you were talking to about earlier. We have limited time, we have limited staffing, we have limited resources. What are we to do? This is where we panic. Um, but actually, let's not panic here because the answer, as usual, is to work smarter and not harder. So today, I'm going to give you seven quick and easy strategies for how to make the most of a limited of a limited resources, whether that's time, whether that's staffing, whether that's budgeted. Here's some seven quick and easy things that you can do with your marketing. The first is to take stock of what you've got, and that starts with identifying who are your allies. Um, look at the people around you, whether they're in your department or not. Who are the people on your staff with shared goals and objectives? And are there opportunities for, uh, for collaboration and cross-promotion? If you have been tasked with the task of um, increasing planned gifts, become best friends with the director of an the annual fund. How can you lighten each other's workload? How can you make each other's jobs easier? Um, you know, I've made this, um, I've, uh, Kurt referenced some, uh, earlier, I was glad to hear him say to start with marketing. And it's at this point, I've, I've made this confession before, but I feel like I need to share it again because it's relevant. I spent nine years as a director of marketing for Olivet Nazarene University. And in that time, um, most of my attention went towards two things. It went towards marketing to 18-year-olds and marketing to, uh, towards the annual fund. And occasionally, the, uh, the director of planned giving would come into my office and say, we need to put this ad in the, the Olivetian, that was our, our quarterly newsletter. I'd say, you know, and I'd give them great lip service, but it was, it was always at the back of my mind, yeah, 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 because <laughs> you know, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what kind of long-term impact that has. And the point of my story is that um, had, I, had we had a, uh, had I understood what I know now, I would do it completely different because I just didn't understand the power of planned gifts and what it all meant and what it could do for the bottom line for the university. So make sure that you're taking advantage of those internal relationships and find your allies and make sure that they're, uh, that you're, they're on board with you. The second thing that I would recommend is you take stock of what are your existing communications. Where are you already spending your time, your energy and resources producing? So take a look at your website. Take a look at your newsletters, your emails, your print, your direct mail, your social media, and even events. How can you take advantage of those communications and weave in plan giving messaging? Um, I'm excited. Uh, raise your, I, I'm just curious, how many of you are coming to tomorrow's communication workshop? Good. I'm really looking forward to that, and this is actually where we're going to spend a lot of our time uh, because we're going to be talking about how we can take advantage of those communication pieces that you already have in place and how to weave plan giving marketing into them. So uh, secondly, so once you've taken stock of what you've got, then you want to, number two, budget for the most impact. So use any budget, uh, take a look at where the gaps are, where uh, and what do I need to fill those gaps, what additional help or what additional communication do I need to get the job done. Okay, so consider how those add-on communications can be used to supplement 
or, um, or for emphasis of your existing communication. So for example, if you have already determined that you can squeeze in and add about um, IRA gifts in your newsletter, think about how you could use add on, add on communications to add emphasis or additional information. So if you've got that ad in your quarterly newsletter, consider dropping a postcard or a letter in the mail that lands about a week or two later that not only reinforces that message but gives them additional information and you can also segment that down to a particular audience. So if you're going to spend money, think about how to make sure that it's working in tandem with what you've already got going. Uh, secondly, make sure that you're developing a library of intro and next step materials. You want to have things that are on hand that can both prompt plan giving inquiries as, as well as be a quick follow up if somebody wants the next level information. So both John and Naris talked about this, Sarah talked about this as well, having those pieces on hand that you just, you could produce a lot of them, have them on hand, um, it makes it a little simpler. We have, I'll show you on the next slide, we have a wide variety of marketing materials that are available to you through your membership. And sometimes, admittedly, um, I, I see the deer in the headlights look from members who are getting overwhelmed. There's just so much available. But really, we focus on, there's seven pieces that we say, if you've got nothing else, have these on hand. So I'm gonna quickly run through those in a, in a moment. Um, but before I do, I just wanna give you a word of caution. And that's to remember that just because it's free doesn't mean that there's no cost. And this is important because anything that you add on is not only, um, even if you take the money out, it's going to take your attention and even it's gonna take your mind share. So make sure that, you're, uh, that you don't spend your time for example, uh, social media is a really great example of this. We include social media content in all of our marketing materials. But I would say if you're a one-person shop who's struggling just to get the basics done, I wouldn't spend your energy there. Spend it on where it's going to matter the most. So don't equate free with no cost. Um, I've, since I have a, uh, just a tad more time than I thought, hey, I'm going to quickly run through these. These are the seven materials that we recommend that if you have nothing else, you have these on hand. And one, the first is plan giving for your website, whether it's our content or some other content, make sure that you have information on your website. That's critical, a, a number one. Number two, we recommend that you have a customized version of Smart and Powerful Giving or a similar piece that gives a high level overview of planned gifts. Number three, if um, as a member of Barnabas Foundation, you wanna make sure that you have made it easy to, to make the handoff. So in the past, we've had, uh, we've encouraged you to do more, uh, to use the piece, do more good, um, but we actually have a customizable piece that is uh, a, more geared towards our members called Planning with Purpose, and it very quickly explains what that partnership is, and when somebody's ready to make that next step of setting up an appointment, with one of our planners, this is an easy piece to give them to explain how that, how that works. You also wanna have um, info sheets that are just a slightly deeper dive on each of the three main types of planned gifts. So have an, um, well, the first one is how to name um, your ministry in their will. We have that that gives them the legal language to incorporate into their will to make it easy for them to give. The second one is an info sheet that we have on non-cash assets. And the third is gifts that pay you income. So make sure you have those on, on hand. Those are an easy next level piece. And the, the, uh, the last piece that we recommend is that you have some kind of reply device for events, just like uh, Naris was just talking about uh, events or to include with those brochures or to include mailings that make it easy for them to reply and tell, uh, tell you that they have an interest in plan gifts. And I have breaking good news for you. Uh, we, uh, 
we have we recommend that you have that but we recognize that some of you just don't have that piece available so with a third quarter marketing plan that will be coming out um, in April that that will be a new customizable piece that's available so all right so um, back to our top seven so after you have so the top first was take stock of what you've got number two budget for the most impact number three narrow your target audience so someday when you have unlimited budget and unlimited time, then you can tell all your friends and everybody you can possibly think about, uh, think of, of how to give a planned gift. But in the meantime, focus your energies on those who are most likely to give a planned gift. And generally speaking, that includes those who are 55 and older. They're just at a time, uh, they're at a time in their life where they're considering thinking about their legacy and they're more likely to have the resources to do so. And if you're talking about specific giving options, you can segment that even further. So for gifts that pay you income, for, for a number of reasons, we recommend that you market those to those who are 65 and older. And if you're talking about IRA gifts, you can segment that even further to send that out to um, those who are 70 and a half and older. So you can ha really have a small, small mailing that goes out and really have a lot of impact. Also, this has come up a few times today, but look for those who are consistent givers in your, in your database. Look for those who have given for 10 years or more because they're, more, they're the most likely to invest in your organization in this way. And finally, your legacy society members. Have we mentioned the legacy society today? It's a, it's a really important <laughs> concept. Um, but that same study from the University of Missouri, uh, one of their key findings was that uh, was how important it was to continue to make the ask and continue to market to your legacy society members. They found that when they did that, not only did it solidify those bequest intentions, but it also, in, in some cases, increased that their gift that they planned to give in their well, and also um, prompted them to consider other types of planned gifts. So don't count them out as once and done. If they're in your legacy society, continue to market to them. Number four, focus your messaging. Keep it simple. Um, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time and energy trying to find um, new and creative ways to explain planned giving options. You don't have to go into a whole lot of depth um, because as we heard from Russell James earlier, that's not even effective anyway. So don't spend your time there. And as a member of Barnum's Foundation, take advantage of the resources we've already created for you. We've tried to keep those very, very simple and straightforward. Um, then you can focus your time on telling stories. Tell stories that, uh, that talk about your mission and the vision that you have and then the impact that they can have through their giving. And these stories can also help you accomplish this whole piece of social norming. Um, third, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, so don't worry so much about trying to come up with new, uh, new ways to talk about things or uh, be so concerned. Somebody asked me over lunch, how many times should we share a testimonial? Um, you know, sometimes we get tired of things long before our, our supporters will. Uh, you remember that old adage of it takes seven times for someone to hear something before they take action. So for example, with our donor testimonials, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll create it for one piece, but then we'll take a slightly different spin on it in this newsletter and a slightly different spin on it here, and then we'll push it on social media a few times. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to keep using the same material in various ways and, and to keep repeating uh, because it works. Finally, build out an editorial calendar. Um, this will uh, this frees you up to make sure that, okay, this is when I'm going to talk about this and make sure that in a year that you've covered all of the major topics. 
Um, and just a quick plug for the member marketing plan. Uh, we have this in there. This is, uh, we, we talk about uh, in first and third quarter, we talk about gifts at a will. In second quarter, we talk about life income gifts. And in the fourth quarter, we talk about end of the year marketing and non-cash assets. But whether you use ours or your own, um, not only does it make sure you cover all the major topics, but it saves you a lot of time because I'm not, every time a newsletter comes out, I don't have to stop and think, what should I talk about? I know what the topics are going to be. It's just, it's just a matter of figuring out what to put within those. Number five, um, mobilize your ambassadors. And um, again, the best, the best kind of marketing is word of mouth. So make sure that you're investing energy and re resources into your raving fans who can help share the, uh, the power of your message with their like-minded friends. And, um, and also who can talk about planned gifts. And, and since we've we have covered this a lot today, I will not spend a lot of time here, but make sure that you're sharing their stories, that you're recognizing and thanking them, um, that you're pr providing resources to share. And of course, a legacy society is a great way to systematically do that, to make sure that you're being consistent about that communication. Number six, major in the minors. Focus on those small initiatives, those little things that you can do that have big payoff. So um, these are things that you could, you could focus on that won't have take up a lot of time, won't take up a lot of money, but they do have impact. So I, I will, I'll give you a few um, examples, and most of these have already been mentioned today. Um, but the first that we, we always recommend, if you're doing nothing else, add check boxes to your mailings. And as John mentioned earlier, it, has, it really doesn't matter if they check the box or not. It's, it's handy if they do, but really the whole goal of adding those checkboxes to begin to educate your supporters about these are different ways to give. So uh, with our marketing plan, we, we, we have the messages that correspond with that quarter's theme. Um, rotate through them. Don't have a never-ending list of checkbox lists. lists. Uh, but you could add, I've included a gift to ministry in my will, or I'm interested in giving a gift of stock or real estate, or I'm interested in a gift that pays me income for life. Put those on there, and it's just a simple way to start educating your donors about these giving opportunities. Um, Jim mentioned this earlier. When you have an event, do some way to recognize your legacy society members. It also not, it not only makes them feel like VIPs and really important, but it helps to educate the people around them about the presence of a legacy society and, and prompts questions for them to ask what that is. Um, list your, consider listing your legacy supporters in your annual report, because again, the giving level that they are giving through their legacy gifts would elevate them to that, that level of, of, um, of a major donor. So putting them, listing them this way is a great way to educate people that, that, this, that this is a substantial way to give. These are just examples, but be creative. Remember that necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, you're only limited by your creativity. Last but not least, track your big wins and losses. Um, this is my big win board in my office, and if you're ever down in Crete, um, ask me to show it to you and I'll show you what we've been up to. Um, as you might expect from any marketing team, it is some accomplishments and a whole lot of silliness. Um, I would contend that my 13-year-old's friends calling me lit is a big win, um, but Jim might disagree. <laughs> um, but the, the point is really to, to start to measure what's working and what's not. So start by finding out what data is available to you. Um, make friends with those, make friends with the number keepers, so like find out what data is available and start tracking those. Take a look at what's working. If it's working, do more of it. Keep doing it. 
Is it not working? Stop it. <laughs> we get so tied to initiatives and because we've always done it this way before um, that we stop, we often fail to stop to ask the question, is this really worth our time and energy? There might be, you might have your greatest successes by stop doing some things that will free you up to do the more important. And last but not least, market your marketing. So just as we saw with the University of Missouri, when you see that data that supports your efforts, um, show that to the powers that be, because the uh, because the uh, the rationale here is the more that you talk about how your marketing is working, and when you're able to put data behind that to show that, hopefully additional resources will follow, and you'll find yourself with more resources, more staff, more time, more um, more money. So I couldn't possibly talk about how to adapt to a limited marketing budget without giving a plug for our plan giving marketing plan. Um, and in case there's any confusion on this, this is not an additional cost. You don't have to pay anything more. Um, it's just a resource that's available to you through our membership. And it's a quarterly pick and choose plan. You can use every single resource in it or you can use just a piece here and there, whatever makes sense for your organization. And we do have a quarterly emphasis where we talk about uh, gifts and a will twice a year because that's the most accessible way for people, the easiest for them to understand. Uh, so we talk about that twice a year. We talk about um, in second quarter, we talk about life income. And at the end of the year, we talk about non-cash assets and end of the year giving. Um, all of throughout the marketing plan, we offer a variety of customizable materials, um, which uh, if you haven't, if you're just not familiar with that, we will do the customization for you. Uh, we'll add your logo into that. We'll add your colors into that. We will also put your own contact information and on certain pieces, we, we can weave in messages about your mission and vision. And if you're from a larger organization who you'd like to have a little bit more control of that, we can often um, pass off the, the design files to you as well. Our goal is really just to make your jobs easier. So um, take advantage of, full advantage of it as much as you can. And that's that. Thank you. For Heather. I have to make one comment because for a decade I, I worked for, at an organization where we had 20 staff at one organization and we had a full time pl uh, plan giving marketing director that worked with an in house marketing, basically an in house marketing firm. And we also spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on outside services. And for those of you who are trying to figure out where do you spend your money, I, I just want you to know that after being there for 10 years and, hire, and having all that staff and resource, I'm happier with what is being produced at Barnabas Foundation for you at no cost to you than what we produced at World Vision with putting a several hundred thousand dollar budget you know, you're spending several hundred thousand dollars a year. And what I'm most pleased about at Barnabas Foundation is that we get, I, we get to do all this and it's available for every single one of your organizations and you can leverage it. And, and we are providing much more good, I think, at a much lower cost than anyone, any single organization could do on their own. And I just couldn't be more pleased with this presentation today. Thank you. And I hope that you find that that's a value because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to maximize the, the benefit and maximize the resource for the lowest cost. And so that's my little comment. Thank you, Jim.
Sorry if it's self-promoting. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> Any other questions for Heather? Or anything else that we covered today? Something that's been on your mind? Not a question, just a comment. Um, I'm part-time at Dutton Christian Development, so most of it is for cash, bringing it in. Um, but starting last year, I started more planned giving with the blessing of the exec committee. And I know with uh, being contacted and said the charitable gift annuity rates are going down. Well, I published that to a select group and got two responses. So I would not have done that if I didn't come to these Barnabas meetings. So thank you for the good work. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Um, I, I just, I, I can't say enough, I say this often, but I, I mean it with all my heart, like how much joy it gives me to work with such great organizations. You, you make it easy and fun to do this work. And, and most of our marketing materials have come as a direct result of, of a member bringing it up of, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had this piece? So uh, keep telling us that, the, this piece that we, we used to push, uh, the, the, do, the do more good piece as a referral piece, but we wanted to make something that um, fit in envelopes. Um, and also uh, had, your, had your branding on it. So, um, so continue to give us that feedback. It's very, very helpful. Um, and it helps not only your organization, but if you're looking for it, more often than not, another member organization can benefit as well. Thank you for listening. This has been a members-only broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn more about the variety of resources, tools, and training available to you by logging into the Member Center at www.barnabasfoundation.com.